You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in Westbrook. Hope you're having a lovely Tuesday morning. If you want to hit us up on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line, you can at 888-993-7762. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. Plenty to discuss over the next uh, two hours, Jake Martin from the Washington Citizen. Where would you like to start? Uh, let's start with some softball. Oh, Tim Whitman over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the playoffs kicked off last night, and I was over at Washington speaking to Tim Whitman. And quite a story unfolded. You know, you're going to do this whole uh, dialogue and storyline about the Washita Lady Lions being the number one seed in 5A. And you're going to talk probably for a good two minutes here. And then literally in five minutes, I'm going to get a text from him. When are you going to talk softball? Because he will miss this whole dialogue <laughs> that we're going to have right now. Uh, I hope he, That's the way it happens, yeah, isn't it? That yeah. is how it happens. But um, the storyline, not so much is about Washita, but it's about one girl. Because as you can imagine... Washita won fifteen to nothing last night. The game lasted, I think, a little bit over an hour. I forgot to really. So is it over it. and under? You uh, think we had it at one forty-three. Fifteen. Minutes. Oh, one fifteen. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, I think it was definitely under. Uh, but yeah, it was right around an hour. Anyway, uh, Washita won fifteen to nothing. No surprise there. But uh, what was cool about this was Brittany Fendel, who tore her ACL and had been working her way back into the lineup this season she, she got back a, around a month ago um she still says she's not 100 percent, but i think john Arett would argue against that because last night Brittany fendel had eight rbi and two home runs now she right. not only just had two home runs she had two home runs in the same inning which asked uh coach whitman about that and he couldn't remember the last time a girl had two home runs in the same inning and uh, it's just it's how little, often do you hear about that ever, ever? I, I know. And that that's why I was sitting there racking my brain because I knew, you know, like Abby Allen's hitting multiple home runs and games. And I was like, maybe she did one in an inning. Anyway, I asked him and he didn't think that uh, he couldn't remember that happening before. So really cool story. That's pretty there. special. Two home runs in one inning and then eight RBIs on the night. And then you throw in a triple in addition to the two home runs. Eight RBI. Yeah. Incredible. You like the RBI or RBIs? It's RBI. Runs batted in. Runs batted ins? No. And that, that's one of my pet peeves. Really? Yeah. I hate when people put But RBIs. for years it's been going on. I know. It's RBI. It's, I mean, there are a lot of uh, – we can get off on a whole other tangent talking about words that are misused. <laughs> All right. So the softball uh, playoffs are underway. Got a number of games, of course, uh, tonight. You go through these brackets – you're looking for competitive games. <laughs> oh, are we going to do that whole select, non-select well, thing again? you know, Todd Blackley had him on the show from 104.5 Baton Rouge. He's always piling on. He did tweet a couple things last night. Uh, 2A playoffs last night. The margin of victory for the games in the 2A, 2A softball playoffs, 10.7 runs. I believe it. He points out in the 1A bracket, five of the 25 teams have winning records. <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to pile on. No, I, I'm just telling you the, the stats, I get the it. statistics here from time Part of me, though, Aaron, part of me, and I like to gripe just like everyone else, yeah. but part of me is like, all right, we, we've been living with this. Let's it is just, what it is. It what is what do? it is. Let's just move on. We know what to expect with the first round of playoffs. I, I say all that, but there was one upset, and unfortunately, yeah. it involved one of our teams. Yes. Number 12 seed, Rustin, losing to a number 21 seed in Denham Springs, 7-5 to five at home. Other scores from last night, Franklin Parish takes care of business 16 to nothing versus Huntington. Caldwell 17 to 2 over Baker. Winfield at number 9 seed, they win 7 to nothing over Lakeside at number 8 seed. Mangum a 4 seed in the 2A playoffs, they win 11 to 1 versus Pickering at number 13 seed. What I'm not telling you is a majority, if not all, of these games did not go 7 innings. Yeah, didn't go the distance. Most of them went literally 5 or in some cases 3 innings. Uh, Darbone Woods, a number 10 seed, they win 8-4 to four versus Welsh. I think that one did go. It did go the full seven innings. Uh, Arcadia Falls is a number 21 seed, 18 to nothing. Jonesboro is a number 13 seed. They win 17-2 to two versus White Castle. 
There is your softball recap from last night. That was really well done. Oh, thank you. I nice think job. we should end the show right there because I don't think we're going to top that. <laughs> uh, thankfully, we've got a pretty good guest list today. Star-studded <laughs> list. Star-studded. Yeah, yeah. There was one high school baseball game from last night. West Washtenaw, the Chiefs just continue to roll, Jake. Yeah, uh, they defeated Washtenaw 6-2. That is their 13th straight win. So they are rolling. They were once 10-9 uh, and nine this year kind of a 500 team and since then turned it on 113 straight so they are rolling as uh they're nearing the postseason uh we'll stay on the diamond uh, did you see bryce harper in his uh, 406 foot home run last night with a broken bat pretty impressive things That's that we do not see every day n- right. Two home runs you in one inning and bryce uh, harper breaking his bat and still can power one out to right center Give us your Astros app update for the, the team that we in have. You could have set it up better than that. All right. Uh, the Astros, you know, our team, yeah. they are on a three-game skid, Aaron. Uh-oh. We have not brought good fortune to this team. They got off to a great start. Yeah, they did. But they lost to the Mariners 2-1 to one, uh, last night. The Mariners had lost six straight before that game, by the way. So, uh, yeah, not good. And poor Dallas Keuchel. He drew the loss last night. You know, they lose two to one. He's zero and three to start the year. So that's further proof. I never really look at the win loss record for pitchers. I never put a whole lot of thought into Ooh. that, just because I think it's, I I, I think ERA is the more uh, impressive stat than the win loss record, just Ooh. because, you know, two to one loss, you're not getting the offensive help. So, zero and three to start the year for Dallas Keuchel. There's your Astros update for today. I'm gonna make a little stinger for it. Yeah, a little bumper. Um, okay, it'll happen before August. I doubt it because I'm okay. sure that's when it'll fizzle out. Right? <laughs> Let's say we're ending it in August, aren't we? <laughs> Other headlines on this Tuesday morning, Jake. We certainly look forward to a, a couple games tonight in baseball. <laughs> Actually, one on the college scene. Got ULM slugging it out with Grambling Tigers. You got to feel like are, are waiting for the Warhawks to come in there. Warhawks are slumping right now. Of course, Grambling coming off a thrilling victory on Sunday. Two games on Wednesday that we'll be keeping tabs of. We got uh, the Diamond Dogs making the trip down to the Raging Cajuns, a Raging Cajun squad that is uh, on fire right now. They've won five in a row, eight of their last nine. And also tomorrow we have LSU versus Tulane. Yeah, speaking of LSU, Austin Bain got SEC Co-Player of the Week. Uh, he hit 500, had two doubles, had two runs scored in eight RBI last week, and actually got a save against Louisiana Tech as well. So I think he earned that SEC Co-Player of the Week. Um, you know, we mentioned uh, odd storylines, and we actually got a question about it. What are the details of LBJ being sued as part of the Bama Barbershop fiasco? I think we have to go there next because right. we had so much fun, you know, pitting Saban versus uh, LeBron James. I was going to mention this about college baseball. We've been keeping track of uh, Tech and, of course, their RPI and what needs to be uh, done. They're coming off a rough week when they just went one and three. They have now dropped to uh, 72 in the RPI, and uh, we mentioned the Cajuns, and, of course, they were struggling at the beginning of the year. They've kind of turned it around a little bit uh, with a weaker schedule. They are now up to number 74 overall. If you're keeping track, uh, WarrenNolan.com, as the Sun Belt ranked as the seventh best baseball league in the country right now, Conference USA coming in at number 21. The biggest thing going up against the Bulldogs at 25 and 13, when you look at their RPI, just the lack of games and wins that they've had against teams in the top 50 in the RPI. Right now, they are one and one on the year against teams ranked in the top 50, three and four against teams ranked from 51st to 100. And then uh, teams ranked between 101 and 150. Louisiana Tech has a 14 and 5 record. And then the bottom half, 151 to 297, Tech is 7 and 3 overall. But the biggest takeaway, of course, is being the lack of opportunities, just being 1 and 1 against teams in the top 50, that one win being against the Aggies. Yes. And we look forward, of course, as always, to catch up with Lane Burroughs on this Tuesday morning later in the show. Indeed. The barbershop store. Now, that's This is called Karma. This is called karma. So, uh, to backtrack just a second, LeBron uh, and his team got a hold of Alabama, sent a letter saying that they need to stop doing their I think cease and desist. I think it was uh, Shop Talk was the name of the show. Yeah, highly uh, popular. Highly popular, I guess. I don't know. Brainstorming idea of LeBron James. <clears throat> anyway, 
they uh, said you need to stop using Shop Talk because it is a ripoff of our show, Uninterrupted. Well, uh, TMZ had a story yesterday that Adventure Enterprises is uh, looking to sue LeBron. Uh, they apparently had numerous talks, quote unquote, and this is where it's always tricky because how can you prove this? But they had numerous talks about um, you know forming Uninterrupted. And basically, uh, they were part of fleshing out the ideas for it. LeBron went ahead without them and cut them out of uh, their share. So they want a piece of the pie. Ooh. And that they're claiming that they uh, they helped come up with this idea. So anyway, it is karma because LeBron, you know, it, would they have even thought about it, heard about it, if not? Or was this something in the work for a long time? I don't know. But uh, I just think it's funny that. LeBron's in the news yet again because how, of under. How about this, Jake? You know LeBron is like the executive producer of one of my favorite shows on television right now, The Wall. Have you ever watched The Wall yet? The Wall. Yeah. It's a, it's a game show. It's on uh, NBC, I believe. No, I, I haven't. Well, it's just basically a concept. You have you answer some trivia questions. Oh, it's the Plinko? Yes. Oh, this, so this why upsets do, So me. why doesn't Price is Right come after LeBron? Because it's basically exactly. the same thing. Yeah, I remember you describing this to me yeah. a while back, and I was very upset because they ripped off Plinko. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's a good point. Right. You do watch some weird shows still, but that's a good <laughs> point. <laughs> I'll give you that one. All right, real quick. I want to go over some uh, NBA, and then we can go. Oh, yeah, we got a big night. Uh, this is going to be a late night. <laughs> late night. So, yeah, the the Portland Trailblazers and New Orleans Pelicans will play again tonight, game two. Uh, but before we talk about that, I wanted to review last night. The Warriors take a 2-0 lead over the Spurs. They defeated the Spurs 116-101. to Kevin Durant dropped 32 points. And Klay Thompson, something that I haven't seen a whole lot of people talking about, Klay Thompson stays hot. He was hot in the first game, hot again last night, five uh, for eight uh, from beyond the arc and had 31 points. So he is killing the Spurs. Spurs, I believe I saw, were like four of 28 from outside. They were not very good. Uh, and the uh, Heat, Dwayne Wade turned back the clock. The Heat defeated the 76ers 113-103. to 103. Dwayne Wade had 28 points last night off the bench, which is very impressive. But my big takeaway from this was Joel Embiid posted something on his Instagram story. He wasn't able to play again last night, and it was something to the effect of, with some obscenities, uh, why are y'all babying me? I'm tired of being babied. I'm tired mm. of being blank and babied. Mm. Uh, so he wants to play really bad, and apparently he was cleared to have played last night. A lot of people thought he was going to play, but he didn't. Mm. So we'll see if he comes back for game three. Maybe the Sixers were holding him out to see if the Heat tied it up and then said, all right, we'll send him to Calvary. We'll let you play. Mm. We'll see. A few of the headlines. we got some more coming up in the next segment, including playing off a couple of these uh, texts that we have at 888-993-7762. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. All right, how about this guest list for a uh, Tuesday morning? You may have heard of him, Louisiana Tech's head football coach. Skip Holtz will join us at 7.30. We'll break down the spring game at 7.45. You may have heard of him. ULM's defensive coordinator, Mike Collins, will join us as the Warhawks get ready for their annual spring game on Saturday at 8 o'clock. You may have heard of him. Gus Cattengill, he will join us from ESPN New Orleans. At 8.30, you may have heard of him. Louisiana Tech head baseball coach Lane Burroughs joins us for his weekly are you trying to be annoying right now? Subtle jerk is the you referred to me as. Yep, yep, yep. I want to dive into this after we come back. Hogan says, Clay Travis, the almighty Clay Travis, just said LSU will fire Orgeron, fire Orgeron this year and hire Bobby Petrino or Hugh Freeze. I think that's bull. What do you think? Mm. We'll give you our opinion after the break and find out why Saban doesn't have complete reign over the SEC. The most shocking story of the year, right? That is called a tease. That is coming up next on the Morning Drive on Sports Talk 
The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Moore, Toyota of Ruston. Uh, Quint weighs in on the RBI, RBI's debate says, so is it one runs bad it is? Sherman says, whip is my favorite pitching stat. I always like the velocity coming off the bat. What is that called now? Jake Slaughter is always ruling that statistic. Yeah, I, I don't know if that Obviously, has a name. you don't even pay attention. I don't even know if that has a name. Oh, it's got I a just name. see the charts yeah. from it. The, the charts are cool. Where the ball's coming off at yeah. like 120 miles an hour off the bat. Something like that. Yeah. All right. And Richie says, I can't believe stupid people are still trying to convince others that this barbershop stuff is an original idea. We're baffled as well. I just like the fact that now somebody's coming after LeBron. It's karma. Not really coming after LeBron, coming after his lawyers. Yes. Uh, Then we mentioned, of course, the story, and Hogan just pointed out, or Clay Travis said, yeah, he believes Orgeron will get fired, and Bobby Petrino or Hugh Freeze will uh, take over, and he thinks that's bull. What do you think? So... First of all, the backstory with Hugh Freeze, and he's been rumored for a number of jobs, including at LSU, to be either an offensive coordinator before Ensminger or perhaps just being a consultant. And then it appeared it was pretty much a done deal with Alabama, correct, Jake? It looked like it. Um, but then we found out that or it didn't happen, let's just say that. And now today we found out some backstory, thanks to AL.com. Uh, they've printed a story where they've said that uh, Sankey – Greg Sankey intervened. He stepped in there and... So the commissioner is actually more powerful than Slick Nick. That's why this story is relevant. That's why we're talking about this story today. Because we thought that Nick Saban could do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants a guy on his staff or at least to be A guy who bested him. Yes. Yeah. A guy who bested him twice. Yeah. Bested him. What, what kind of word is that, man? What? How about beat him? Bested him. <laughs> That's a word. How conversational is that? I went out and bested him. I mean, that sounds horrible. <laughs> you never heard that? Nobody's ever talked like that to you? Not really. He got bested. You young whippersnappers, you millennials are he just, got um, bested. just inventing the oh, words Oh, please. I, you want me to start talking about in my bag and gas? And <laughs> well, don't put that in the headline. Uh, West Monroe bested it. Uh, Washita. West Monroe went in their bag and <laughs> defeated. All right. Anyway. Uh, so, it, Apparently, only a few days after Saban's mid-January meeting with Freeze, he learned he couldn't make the hire. Sankey informed Freeze in Alabama that it would look bad for the SEC. You know. It does. For It does. For Freeze to be back coaching the league while Ole Miss suffered from NCAA penalties incurred under his watch. Uh, the SEC preferred Freeze, who resigned in July following a pattern of personal misconduct, to go off the radar for at least a little while. Time heals all. And I, Saban's response was, what? I <laughs> Saban, can't do what? Saban was uh, apparently disappointed. Do you know who I am? Do yeah. you know what I've done for this conference? 
I'm surprised he still didn't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? A power struggle between Saban and the commissioner of the SEC? Yeah, I, I, that's what's surprising about this is that Saban just walked away from it and didn't hire him. All right, Here you come, win. I'll go get Butch. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that still is surprising, but it, it does make sense if you're the conference. Oh, absolutely, and that's what I've said. You know, people kept bringing up Freeze as a possible candidate for OC at LSU. It's just too soon for that. He will a year or two from now, but it's just too soon for that. You you got to understand how pe- public relations works. It, it, you got to give you got to have time out of the limelight. All right. So for a coach that bested uh, Saban twice. Uh, yeah, what is Clay Travis uh, brings up the fact that he thinks that he may get the job at LSU next year. No. Hogan wants to know, do you think that's a possibility? No. I think Orgeron's still going to be there. Even if he gets over 6.2 wins, the Vegas says. Uh, uh, well, I, that's my thing. I think he'll get to nine wins, and I think he'll keep his job because I'm hoping people understand the, how brutal his schedule is. If you get nine wins, that's a good season. Richie points out that uh, the almighty Clay Travis also said that Lane Kiffin was an option. And, of course, uh, Richie says Kiffin isn't an unbelievable option. That is correct. No, he's not. The only thing is, with you know, I know the friendship between him and Andrew Orgeron, but I think Orgeron would probably say, even though I'm out the door. Yeah, that's a different sense. It's not like he stabbed him in the back to get a job or anything like that. Ain't like what Orgeron did to Miles. I'm not going there. You don't know. Uh, yeah, you don't I know, know that. We're just having some fun. Uh-huh. Uh, no, but I think Kiffin would would not be gone yet, if, if you want to ask me that, because I think he is holding out for a big SEC job. And we went through this, you know, after the season, how the job spilled up. And, you know, Kiffin isn't going to have an SEC job unless Ed Orgeron leaves, right? I mean, who else – it's not going to be very many openings in the SEC after next year. Mm, there you go. Somebody's got your back. Uh, Bested is a long-term, well-used sports term. Thank you, unnamed text. Yeah. I appreciate that. Jake's uh, mother-in-law weighing in. Probably so. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, tonight, we haven't talked about it, and we need to get into this. Uh, the Pels versus uh, Portland. What's the one or two storylines we should look for this game? I guess, first of all, Portland's backcourt. Hold on. i got a couple more things I want to yeah. go through, and then we'll get to that. First of all, uh, Seth Treyweek, OCS's pitcher, he has committed to Louisiana Tech. So that's another really good arm that Louisiana Tech's picking up if he if he does stay with that commitment. Um, and there was one more big news in college football, some rule changes. Um, let me read this to you real quick, I, you know, and people can go ahead and start sending in texts about how they're trying to change football. But NCAA playing rules oversight panel approved altering football kickoff rules to allow the receiving teams to fair catch the kick inside the 25-yard line and have it result in a touchback. So if anywhere inside the 25-yard line on a kickoff, if you signal for a fair catch, it's going to the 25-yard line. It's as good as a touchback. So now if you're a team trying to kick off, you might as well kick it out of the end zone. I mean, you know, some teams would try to kick it in such a way that it would land inside the 10 and bounce weird and maybe you you can – Get them, prevent them from getting a touchback. Now, you're better off just kicking it out of the end zone. Uh, Terry weighs in and says, I'm sure LSU fans will understand the brutality of the schedule and will keep their aspirations and goals realistic. Hashtag drug test, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that's asking for a lot, Terry. (laughs) Yeah, LSU fans, uh, expectations and aspirations. I guess I should say the administration. How about that? All right, tonight we got the Blazers and the Pels. Number one storyline in this game, can New Orleans go up 2-0 on the road? I'm going to say no. <clears throat> I, I think uh, Lillard and, and McCollum will bounce back, and they'll, they won't have the same type of performance that they had Saturday night. We talked uh, quite a bit yesterday about how they were so off, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you're just not going to have <clears throat> many nights like that. But that said, the way the Pelicans play defense, if they can keep up that uh, intensity – who knows, maybe they can steal another one. And I, like I said, I really like the chemistry of this Pelicans team. I think they've gelled together down the stretch, uh, especially with you know Drew Holiday becoming that closer on defense uh, toward the end of the game. And Anthony Davis, you know how I feel about him. I think he's a top five player in the league, and he's proving that yet again. So I'm excited. You know, I don't expect them to take this game two uh, away from Portland. But if they do, man, 
I'm I might already start my celebration Ooh. for a first uh, round victory because uh, if they're heading back to New Orleans up 2-0, that is that is very significant. And Portland, you're going to take a lot of confidence away from Portland. Uh, so yeah, I I think it, the series will be tied tonight, but I'm hoping for a 2-0 start for the Pels. Any guess what the line is for tonight's game? I will say Blazers by three. Ooh, Blazers by, favored by six and a half. Six and a half steal. Yeah. That was the line for the first game. I thought that might come down since the Pelicans were able to win the first game. Ooh, I know it was the weekend and uh, Portland fans were exactly were fired up for this series, and they were in game one. That was a raucous atmosphere. I do see here on StubHub that there's still 576 tickets available for as low as $29 for tonight's game. That doesn't really shock me. Mm. You're not you're not talking about, you know, Golden State here. And I'm sure some Portland fans are a little upset because they lost game one. Mm. I'm more curious how ticket sales are going for when this series returns back to New Orleans. If that place isn't sold Got out. Got to. Come on. Sell it out. Show up, people. Yeah, we'll talk with Gus about that because I was a little disappointed uh, with how they showed up for the Spurs game. Uh, that game tonight uh, against Portland tips off at 930 can check it out on TNT. Yeah, if you're up. Are you going to stay up that late? Uh, yeah, I think I have something called the news. At oh, you're working tonight. <laughs> okay. So you'll miss the good parts of the game. <laughs> uh, 888-993-7762. Got a couple questions for uh, Skip Holtz on the text line. And guess what? He's coming up after the break. We'll break down the spring game and, of course, the future of Louisiana Tech football. That's coming up after the break on the morning drive on the Sports Talk 97.7. We're back after this. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. The all-new Yard Power of Monroe, Northeast Louisiana's only Cub Cadet dealer. Your Cub Cadet Superstore is holding a big open house this Saturday where you can save 15% on all Cub Cadet Pro Z mowers. That could mean up to $1,800 in savings. Big discounts on a great selection, even red tag special deals on closeout inventory. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Hey, this is Sean Fox, sports director here at 97.7, inviting you to join me and the rest of the sports company every day, Monday through Friday, from 3 to 6, for our unique, unfiltered take on the world of local and national sports. We're going to make you laugh. It might make you cry, and there's a pretty good chance at some point I'm going to make you mad. But we're going to have a lot of fun along the way. That's the Sports Company, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6, right here in your home for sports in North Louisiana, 97.7. I'll never forget that moment. Never forget that moment. As long as I live. As long as I live. It started with a phone call. I got the text when I was at work. My first call up ever as a member of the National Guard. This was it, the real deal. When we got to the armory, they briefed us on the wildfires, how they were getting dangerously close to homes. It was amazing to be a part of this massive operation. Helicopters were going up with huge buckets to drop water on the fires. Some of the guys in the unit were preparing for firefighting with local fire crews. We went out in Humvees to help with the evacuations. At that moment, I got my first taste of just how important the Guard is to my community. See how the Guard can be an important part of your life at NationalGuard.com. Discover what it means to be a citizen soldier, to serve locally as well as globally. Look into the benefits including career skills and money for college. Take a moment. Go to NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Louisiana National Guard, aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
In 4-H clubs, camps, in-school and after-school programs, kids learn leadership, citizenship, and life skills while they participate in experiences that prepare them to be successful adults. I'm Robert Thompson, a Lincoln Parish 4-H Senior Leader. To learn about how to join 4-H or become a 4-H volunteer in our community, call 318-251-5134. That's 318-251-5134. This is the famous Bud Light beer. It's not easy to brew beer this easy to drink. It takes time. Bud Light is brewed for a long time to go down smoother. Because we all know, round two is when the real stories come out. Bud Light. We don't just brew beer. We brew beer for friends. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Today's Louisiana Tech Report is brought to you by Legacy Rehab. They offer physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for many of our local health care facilities, whether it's sports medicine, pediatrics, or chronic pain management. Legacy covers it all. Serving locations in Ruston, Monroe, Bastrop, Farmerville, Bernice, Minden, and South Arkansas. Call 255-5980 for more information. 255-5980 for more info. We go back to the Stuart Shelby hotline now, joined by Louisiana Tech head coach Skip Holtz. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud? I'm going outstanding, Aaron. How are things going for you? Good. we got a lot of things to break down about the spring game and, of course, spring practices. But I wanted to start with the uh, Bradshaw-Brooks event last week. I know it's one of the highlights of the year for fans and, of course, you. Uh, the one thing is, I saw Brooks and Bradshaw in the event on Thursday up there doing a little duet. Uh, were you not invited to, to join that duet? And I think you would have been a welcomed addition. Well, no, I wasn't invited. But if you ever heard me sing, you would understand why I wasn't invited. <laughs> that was, well, we heard Terry was, sing, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't justify that one. I can only tell you it's probably a wise decision not to have me on the stage. But... Uh, it's a great, it's a great event. It's a great night, and for both Terry Bradshaw and Kicks Brooks to give of their time and to come here and spend the weekend here in Ruston, and the number of people that come out and support it, it is a large fundraiser for our athletic department and so many people who are just give graciously and are very involved with the auction that night, the golf the next day, uh, having a lot of the student athletes involved. Uh, with the event, so a lot of the people have the opportunity to kind of see where their dollars are going. Just makes a uh, makes a huge difference. But it's a it's a great it's a great kickoff to the weekend with that going on Thursday and Friday, and then having the spring game to start Saturday, having baseball, having softball. There was just a lot going on in Ruston, but it was a it was a fun weekend. All right, you go to the spring game, and I know sometimes they can't be the most attractive things of all time when you're having drafts and such things and you're splitting up a lot of different units. What is kind of your philosophy and your technique when you go into the spring game in terms of making it competitive but also putting a good product on the field? Well, Aaron, I think every year is different. You have to look at what your team is and what you really need. Uh, there are some people around the country that play their first team against all the twos and you'll see higher-scoring affairs, and both the offense and the defense dominate. You see lopsided games. I think for this team, uh, when you look at so many of the young guys that haven't played very much, I mean, there was for me, I think it was really important to put them in a competitive environment, put them in a close football game, and give them the opportunity to get out there in that stadium and with people in the crowd because, uh, the next time they're going to see that is going to be when we go to South Alabama to play that opening game of the year. And so I think for me it was really important to not just have a dry run or make a layup, so to speak, but to challenge us a little bit and to split the teams and to see um, you know, where an Adrian Hardy and a Bonnet are on different teams where you look at a Jamar Smith who had predominantly the number two offensive line in front of him. Um, I, I think those are – those are all things that creates a little bit of adversity, but I also think in the long run it's going to give us an opportunity to get better. But I love the attitude. I love the energy. I thought they played the game with a lot of enthusiasm. It was hard-hitting. 
uh, guys were flying around. I thought there were a lot of positive things to build on with it. Uh, you can, if you got a question or comment for Coach Holtz, you can hit us up at 888-993-7762. Coach Quinn uh, in Dotson has one for you. How alarmed should Tech fans be that Jamar doesn't seem to have improved at quarterback during the offseason, and how safe is his job before some of the backups begin to challenge him for playing time? That from Quint in Dotson. Well, the thing, I would disagree a little bit that he hasn't improved. I I think Jamar right now has great command of the of the offense from a mental standpoint. Uh, he did not throw the ball as accurately as we would like, but Jamar had knee surgery during the off season as soon as the bowl game was over, and hadn't thrown a football until we came back out here for spring practice. So, um, for what he pushed through to play with the injury he had last year to have the surgery in the off season, I thought he was not throwing the ball as polished as uh, that we all would have liked but I do think his mental command of the offense and what we're doing and who's doing what uh, I think we're really positive I think it's very hard to put him behind the second offensive line in a broken up scrimmage and and say boy he hadn't made any strides or any improvement Um, I do think you know we've got to throw the ball more accurately than he did Saturday but I do think Jamar is making strides as far as his backup um, I, I look at Weston Elliott Weston Elliott has about two or three plays a day that we just have to eliminate. He threw two interceptions, and if we can eliminate some of that decision-making, then I I think Weston Elliott has some talent. We've just got to continue to hone him mentally in the offense, and what we're doing is he is just going to be a second-year player this year, and I think the same is true right now for a young Elijah Walker, who I thought stepped in there and uh, really threw a great deep ball to Rashid Bonnet for a touchdown, a big play touchdown there in the second quarter. But I thought I think both of those guys have have the ability to push Jay Moore and to even take that job. It's just going to be when their production on the field uh, gives us a better chance to win, and then they will play. A major another major storyline going into this spring was with the graduation of Scott and Kraft. Who would you have in the backfield, and who would be one of your main ball carriers, or who would split time back there? How did you see that competition progress as the spring went along? Well, we've been, for two years now, with the tough situation that Jaquise Dancy has been in, we've just been waiting for him to get healthy. We all know that Jaquise has a lot of big play potential. Uh, he can hit that home run ball. He's got speed and athleticism. His weight is back up. He's back up to almost 200 pounds. Uh, I think he's only going to get better and better, but I've really been impressed. I thought he had a really good spring. And I think for Cam McKnight, who's making that transition, who's been a receiver for the last year, last three years, to move back into the tailback position. He's learning the offense back there. He's doing a He's doing a nice job. He's coming. He's developing. I think this spring was important for him, but I think the next couple months are going to be really important for him uh, as we finish. And then uh, I think Israel Tucker showed some flashes and did some really good things. And uh, I think there's going to be, with two new freshmen coming in as well, there's five running backs and haven't even talked about D. Fleming yet. I mean, so I, I think there's a number of people there. It's just a matter of who's going to step up and Hopefully we can keep Jaquise Dancy healthy this year as we go through the season because I think he is a very talented young man that can certainly play a strong role for us. As you went back and rewatched the spring game, was there an offensive lineman or a wide receiver that really stood out in your eyes? Um, I, well, I can't say from the spring game. Rich Rodriguez, Rich, Mike Rodriguez, the offensive tackle who got hurt in the third play of the game with a knee, uh, I think has really had a – a productive, a productive spring practice as a, not really a surprise because he played in five games last year, but I think he's really taken the leadership role. He's, he is really taking control of that offensive line. Him and Cody Russi, I think, are the true leaders up there, and I, I've been encouraged with their growth and development. It's nice to see a young Joshua Moat, uh, who was a young player, a redshirt freshman, who stepped in and I thought did a really nice job as the number two center and snapped the ball pretty well. I mean, I think he's got a chance as well. Uh, I think from a, excuse me, from a a receiver standpoint, uh, there wasn't one guy out on the outside when you look at Adrian Hardy, Rashid Bonnet, and some of those guys. Uh, But I think little CJ Powell uh, continues to show up as an inside slot receiver. 
C.J. Powell and Jake Norris are two guys that uh, have not gotten a lot of reps uh, during the course of the season because it's the same position that Teddy Veal, Alfred Smith, uh, and some of those other guys play. But I think those are two guys that have really kind of strengthened their stronghold on a spot in camp. They're going to be on this team. They're going to be in camp. And they're definitely going to compete for playing time when we get to the fall this year. Really been impressed with uh, with what both of those have young guys have done. And then I think uh, on the second and the secondary side of it, um, I think Legereus Sneed continues to grow. We've moved him to safety. Uh, he continues to grow and do some good things. And I think it's all about building. It's all about building depth. And so um, I think Jacorian Andrews, Jaden Cole, are two more guys on the back end. But probably where we helped ourselves the most was our depth at the linebacker position. I think the addition of Connor Taylor and Brandon Floyd, along with the development of Colin Scott, Davon Washington, Brandon Derman, I think we're going to have five or six linebackers that we can play with, and we're going to we're definitely going to be too deep this fall. And then, of course, up front, uh, how is the progression looking up there in terms of getting some bigger bodies for you guys on the defensive line? Yeah. Uh, well, I, when you start with the defensive line, I made. I mean, the reason that Michael Rodriguez got hurt was because Jalen Ferguson's so hard to block. I mean, he ended mm-hmm. up falling into his leg tackling the quarterback. Uh, I think Jalen Ferguson has a chance to have a special year. Here's a guy that was projected as a fourth round draft pick, came back, uh, and has really had an incredible attitude in the way that he's working right now. And the the last guy we had to make that decision was Vernon Butler, and we all know how that turned out as a first-round draft pick. So I think having Jalen definitely gives you a staple. And then on the um, on the other side, you've got guys like uh, Matthew Yudarga. I think Willie Baker has had an outstanding. He was a young man three years ago. Everybody heard a lot about as a four-star recruit, but I think he's really coming into his own and going to get his opportunity um, I think there's some guys that are doing some really good things there at that other side. And inside, Jordan Bradford, Kadarian Mason, Keontae Gardner. Um, there, there's some guys in there that I think, again, we we probably have more depth than we've had. And I could see a number of those guys stepping up and playing a starting role for us in the fall, predicated on what happens this summer. So um, putting that puzzle piece together right now, and I, I like the way it's developing. I like the way it's coming together right now. I think we had a lot of a lot of players that really made the most out of their spring, and now I think our summer is going to be really important for us. And going there, Coach, one final question. I guess now uh, Coach Hester is just uh, licking his chops to get those guys in there and really get after it over here this summer. Well, Coach Hester plays such a huge role in us building this program. And when he first came here, and Kurt Hester has built a, a lifetime on developing players for three months to get them ready for the NFL draft. And he said to me then, he said, if I can do that with those guys in three months, think what I can do with some of these guys on this team when I've had them for three years. And I think you really start to see the effects of that. And I've made a comment that I, uh, with the number, with 14 players that are playing in the NFL over the last three years, have made an NFL roster, which is one of the most of uh, the group of five, and in a lot of cases, more than a lot of uh, schools that are in the power five. But um, when you look at it, I don't think we do that much better job of evaluating and recruiting the talent, but I would definitely argue that we do do that much better of a job at developing them mentally and physically. And the job that Kurt does in that weight room is a huge piece of putting this team together and putting this program together. I just I trust him incredibly. I think he's a valuable resource. He's an incredible piece to what we do and he is highly appreciated here in this program. Coach Holtz, as always, we appreciate the time. Thank you, bud. Aaron, thank you very much. Look forward to it. Well, we got to find something to talk about now that spring practice is over. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Y'all have uh, a good day. You too, bud. Uh, Bye now. Tech Report, Louisiana Tech Report brought to you by uh, Legacy Rehab. <laughs> you know, uh, I- I'm glad he did say that about Jalen Ferguson, though, because uh, you remember I-, I said that a couple weeks ago, because the standard was so high, because the expectations were so high last year, uh, I feel like a lot of people uh, haven't really given him 
uh, I haven't really pumped him up this year. You know what I mean? But just because of the numbers that he recorded last year, and I don't think they met their expectation. I think he's going to have a breakout season once again, another breakout. Yeah, they didn't meet his expectations either. I remember talking to him at the beginning of the year. He was talking about going after the school record and what he was going to do. He was talking 16, 17 tackles yeah. and uh, sacks, and obviously that did not play out well. People were too quiet about him. That's why I just think he's going to have another big time year. And pretty darn impressive. But the stat he said there, what, 13, 14 players that made an NFL roster over yeah. the course of the last three years. Wow. Coming up next, we'll continue to talk a little spring football from ULM. Defensive coordinator Mike Collins joins us after the break. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. We'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. West Monroe Hearing Healthcare. We solve hearing problems. If you've got hearing problems, chances are we can solve them. We want to get you back to life and living again with family and friends. Better hearing. Is everything sounding distant? Are parts of conversations missing? We want to make it perfectly clear so you can begin living again. Better hearing here, better living. It's waiting here for you. West Monroe Hearing Healthcare. West Monroe Hearing Healthcare. We solve hearing problems. Broken windows are no fun. A car that's baking inside from summer sun is even worse. Well, Magic Glass Intent of West Monroe can handle both those problems. From one-day service on replacing your windshield, to repairing power windows, to professional window tinting for your car, home, or business, Magic Glass does it all. Magic Glass Intent, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. Give them a call at 330-9988. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group 1 Realty Studio in West Monroe. There are several different ways to hear this show on air. Yes, and if you're struggling with interference, you can download the app, Red Peach app, Sports Talk 917. Mm. We hear uh, Mike Collins loud and clear. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Coach Collins, how are you doing this morning? Doing great, Aaron. How's everything going? A long time no talk. ULM's defensive coordinator joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Of course, uh, spring practice is winding down, and of course, we are looking forward to a big weekend with uh, Doug Peterson returning and, of course, the spring game. Let's start there, Coach Collins. What's it like to have uh, Doug? Of course, will be turning back on campus. He's been back well, you know, anytime you play. can get one of your yeah, anytime you can get one of your guys with such uh, high esteem back to the program, and you know, obviously we have Doug's son here, Josh, as our starting tight end, and uh, anytime you can get one of those guys to come back and and, and start your season ticket sale, uh, you know, I think it's just a tremendous. Uh, you know, a uh, tremendous event, and, you know, we're, we're extremely proud that Doug's going to come back and help us do that. Coach, you've known Doug for a long time. Uh, are you surprised by the success that he had in the National Football League? Well, you know, I mean, you're never surprised because you always want to see every one of them succeed. Uh, succeed. And, you know, obviously with Doug, uh, you know, he just was such a cool, calm guy. And, you know, I, I mean, you know, as you see that in that league, those guys generally are the guys that are, you know, really successful as, you know, play callers and, and uh, you know, head coaches, you know. And, I mean, you just, you know, everybody looks at Belichick. He's the same way. I mean, he's cool. He's calm. You never see his emotions change a whole lot. And, you know, I think Doug's a lot in the same way, but he has that youthful, experience, uh, you know, excitement with him, uh, obviously because, 
you know, he's only been a head coach for a couple of years out there in that league now. Hmm. A lot of people get hung up on the point that, you know, it was like 10 years ago that he was in the high school ranks. And I think a lot of people also get hung up. They think people are defined about where they're at, whether at uh, high school, junior high, or Division One, whether or not they could coach at the next level. Is it you can coach? You can coach no matter what level you're at. There's no question, Aaron. I mean, Bill Belichick was a junior high coach. That's what people don't know, you know. And so, I mean, you know, you're you're either you, you can coach. It doesn't matter. Coaching is coaching, and uh, you know, some of your best coaches are high school coaches. They have to. There's so many more things that they have to do. There's so many things that they have to do. They have to coach more positions and. You know, you become a better coach because you probably have to coach on offense. You have to coach on defense, you know. And so uh, I just think that, you know, uh, I don't think you can stereotype any guy. I think any high school coach in the area, we have outstanding football coaches here in this area. I think any of them could coach in college. And, uh, you know, who's to say that they can't coach in the National Football League? I mean, guys just got an opportunity and got a break and made the most of it. Most of them did. Third uh, spring with uh, ULM, of course, under uh, Coach Viator. How has this spring been a little different from the previous two for you guys? Well, Aaron, I think there's uh, uh, number one. I'm speaking defensively. Period for us is the fact that you know we had you know we had some ground to make up, and uh, you know um, we just needed to improve tremendously on defense so we can be successful as a football team. And you know I think that's what we've done. Our kids had their jaw set and uh, made their mind up that we were going be a good football team and and that's the way uh you know that we had to do it was we had to be get better on defense and i think you know each and every day we've gotten a little bit better and each and every week we've gotten a little bit better and you know obviously it'll culminate this saturday at uh you know, the spring game and you know that'll be watered down to a certain degree and uh but you know at the same time our young guys that played for us last year you know have gotten a ton more experience uh throughout the season and then now this spring we've kind of been able to break it down for them. And hey, this is why you were do you, you know should be doing this. This is why you should be doing that. And you know I think it's been uh, a tremendous learning experience for them now to just break it down and, and not just get thrown into the fire and have to go out there and play. But uh, you know they've accepted the challenge to be a better football team. And you know we know that it uh, depends on what we do. Uh, you know because. Our offensive guys are going to do a great job again, and, you know, uh, uh, we, we anticipate that. And then our special teams aren't going to get, you know, all of a sudden turn into being bad. You know, they're going to be good again, too. So we just had to make sure that we shored up our side of the football and uh, for us to be successful. Coach Collins, not to bring up bad memories, but when you're in the midst of uh, defensively having the issues that you were having, ranked 128th in the country, and it seemed like every week or at least every quarter another player was going down, what is that like when you're going through that and you just continue to try to grind and try to mix and match different pieces on that unit? Well, you know what, Aaron? It's not a lot of fun. <laughs> but i tell you what. The one thing you've got to always remember, no matter how bad it gets or how, how bad you think it is, is those guys are trying to do the best they can do. And, you know, whether he's a true freshman, whether he's a redshirt freshman, what he is, you, you know, those guys are given everything they've got. They're trying to do the best that they can do. And, you know, somewhere along the line, you got to live with it and say, hey, this is the best he can do at this particular time. And, you know, we can continue continue to try to coach them up and continue to try to get them better and uh you know I, I think you know and then them you know as a player you know uh they they gotta want to be able to get better and that's the great thing we have those guys really want to be really good football players and you know that's what they've done they've made their mind up they're going to be a better player and how do i you know in, in, in turn it's going to make us a better defensive football team uh, put it into terms, how many players did you actually lose last year defensively uh, with injuries as the season progressed? <laughs> Quite a few. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, geez, I, I don't know, probably eight or nine, you know, total and four or five starters. And, you know, just by the time the season was over with, you know, it was, it was uh, we had a pretty good mash unit going on and we were holding our breath that the guys that were on the field would be able to stay on the field and play multiple snaps, you know, and, I think the one thing that, uh, you know, they did, and you got to give them credit for, is, you know, we grinded it out. And, hey, we got out there and we got out to Appalachian State, who was, you know, conference co-champion. And, 
you know, was able to win that ball game and, you know, uh, you know, gave a run at it at Arkansas State, you know, with, with that. And so, you know, we feel good about where we are and, and the progress that we've made with our players and especially our defensive football players and, uh, you know, and, and their effort to be better. Well, fresh start this spring, and, of course, uh, who are some of the players or the, a unit or two that have really stood out for you on the defensive side? Well, I think, uh, you know, for us, uh, having Rashad Harding play a bunch as a true freshman last year at linebacker, he's really had a good spring. And, you know, like I said, he's he's matured tremendously over the course of the spring. Uh, Austin Holly, uh, our free safety, who played as a true freshman last year also, uh, has done a really, really nice job at the free safety position for us. Uh, getting Colin Turner back at our, our buck safety position, uh, you know, he went down in the second game. But getting him back out there, just his energy that he brings to our football team and his leadership ability because of his energy, uh, you know, it just changes the dynamics of what we do. And then, you know, been very proud of our, our, our front guys uh, throughout you know, really done a good job and understanding of what we're trying to do and, you know, uh, being very technical and, and done a fantastic job of, of just getting better at what we wanted to get better at, you know. And, uh, you know, David Griffith is our mainstay at linebacker, and David mm-hmm. had really good leadership for us in the spring. And, you know, uh, we didn't really want to um, get him probably as many reps as what we've gotten him, but, uh, you know, had a couple of tweaks here and there, and so, um, you know, some guys have missed a little bit of practice here and there, but overall, stayed really healthy and, you know, uh, really, really pleased with that and, you know, pleased with the progress we've made since day one of spring practice, which is, you know, what we wanted to make sure that we did. Also, a couple of new faces on the coaching staff. Uh, how are they meshing with you guys? Well, I think that uh, Anthony Camp has really done a fantastic job with our front guys, you know, taking over for Manny, who, you know, Manny was outstanding football coach. And uh, But Anthony's brought, you know, brought some different ideas. And, and uh, obviously there's some things that we were uh, working toward, uh, you know, as a defense and changing a couple of things. And I think that's, you know, been a plus for us. And he's done a real good job with uh, – uh, they, they have the same – uh, technical approach to coaching the defensive line. And so that made it easy to transition for him, uh, you know, for Manny. And then uh, Perry Carter's coaching their corners, and, and Perry's doing a really good job there. Perry's, you know, NFL veteran himself and NFL coach. Uh, we're very proud to have Perry here. And obviously we have his son here who's really a fantastic young uh, freshman wide out for us. And, uh, you know, so all in all, you know, excited about our guys and Coach Stoker's doing a great job with the linebackers as usual and and uh so you know really pleased with uh you know all those guys really done a good job this spring coach collins final question everybody looks at your record last year identical to the record from two years ago but anybody that witnessed or went to a couple games could certainly see progress was being made uh was it just i mean because of the strength of schedule last year uh, do you feel like a lot of progress was made from year one to year two and you can see another big jump here for year three Tons, you know, and, and, you know, we, we felt like it would be. And, you know, what I told everybody, too, was the fact that, hey, in year two, uh, our record may not be as good as it is in year one, but we were better and we were. But our record was the same, and but our record in the conference was better. And that's, you know, you know, apples to apples. How are we doing in the conference? How are we doing against the conference football teams that we've got to be successful against? And that's, you know, our record was better and, you know, really, really close to being a lot better, you know, and like I say, we, we, uh, we got to do a better job on defense and, you know, that's just, that's just the bottom line and we have, and I think, you know, that's where the improvement will be made and, and that's where the success of our team will lie, you know, uh, offensively, you know, with Caleb and, and Marcus there, uh, and all the other guys, you know, we just got a lot of weapons and got a lot of ways to get points on the board and I'm sure they'll be, uh, reared up and ready to go, you know. Coach, as always, we appreciate the time. We look forward to seeing the new and improved defense on Saturday for the Warhawks. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Hey, one other thing. we got a couple of football players throwing out the first pitch at the baseball game, too, that nice. afternoon. Marcus Green 
and Caleb Evans will be over at the baseball game throwing out the first pitch and signing autographs after the game. So it's kind of a family weekend, and we're very, very excited about all that going on at the same time. Uh, put a little pressure on them. Tell them they got to get it right down the middle of the plate. <laughs> Throw a strike, huh? <laughs> yes, that's right. Thanks, bud. <laughs> okay, thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Mike Collins, defensive coordinator at ULM. You know, tough questions to ask when you're the 128th ranked defense in the country last year. Thank goodness for San Jose State and East Carolina. <laughs> oh, come well, on. I'm just saying. Yeah, um, but look, we expect them to improve Yeah, uh, going into next year, and we'll, we'll get to see first uh, sampling of that this Saturday. Uh, Matt Kubik, the offensive coordinator from ULM, will join us on Thursday. Big weekend out at ULM with uh, baseball and, of course, the spring game, then the event with Doug Peterson that night. Tickets still available if you want to go and hear from the Super Bowl winning coach. Coming up after the break, We'll dive into the NBA postseason with Gus Cattengale down in New Orleans. Morning Drive is back after this. Thanks for listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.